right, buddy. You ready to do this? Colton, we're rolling? We rolling? All right. Well, let's roll then. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of The Next 90 with Nick. I am your host, Nick, and I am going to be your guide. Not your guru, but your guide through your day, your life, 90 days at a time, where we're going to teach you how to level up with a formulaically proven program that you can accomplish more shit in 90 days than you thought possible in one to two years. Now, you just don't hear from me. The reason why I bring men and women on this show is so that you know it's not just me, because this movement is not about me. This movement requires other people behind it, other people in the next 90 nation to perpetuate it forward. Every time you choose to go all in on yourself, you give yourself permission, or you give someone else permission to go all in on themselves. And the man who is sitting in the studio, the makeshift fucking studio here in Huntington Beach in a hotel room at the Paseo Hotel Resort and Spa is my man, Mr. Garrett Bake. How you doing, buddy? Hello, hello. I'm doing wonderful today. How are you? Good, buddy. This has been a long, like, long time in the works here. Like, we've been trying to make this happen, get you on the podcast or, or my, me on your podcast. We'll talk about that here in a bit for quite some time. So I'm glad it's happening. Oh, absolutely. Not quite how I imagined it going down, though. You and me in a hotel room here in Huntington Beach, but uh, I'll take it. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> so Garrett actually was just live on Facebook, and I love it. He said, do not let resource be your excuse for why you don't get shit done. Like, we just figured it out. Like, he was going to be here. I live here. We're here for a convention. So I was like, we're setting up the podcast studio in the hotel room. You guys can't see it, but I got my man Colton behind the lens here filming this. So we're going to put this up so you guys can actually see that we don't just talk about what we're doing. We show you what we're fucking doing. We show you our results, and we show you by going live and broadcasting this message. So this man has been a broadcaster of the message. But before we get into your, how you're broadcasting the message, like we need to rewind the clock a little bit. But even before we get there, because that's going to be some heavy shit, and we're going to need to strap in. Um, just give me like the quick introduction: your name, your age, wife, kids. What what the fuck's going on? Where do you live? Beautiful. So uh, my name is Garrett Bake. I live in uh, a suburb of Phoenix called Mesa, Arizona. Uh, lived there for most of my married life. Been married almost eighteen years to my beautiful bride. Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Beautiful bride, Melissa. I've got three wonderful kids, Jaden, who is soon to be 17, a daughter, Cielo, who is Cielo. 15, yes, and uh, Grayson, who's 12. I, so. like the, I like the name Cielo. Yeah. Um, 18 years, dude. 18, man. Bro, you look like you're 18. How the hell have you been married for 18 years? <laughs> see, that's why I keep everything short, yeah, so you yeah, can't high, see. High and tight, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, so you live, in, you live in Gilbert, Arizona, right? Mesa. Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Mesa Arizona which is close to Phoenix, but uh, you have a unique story. So Garrett is one of my brothers, uh, inside warrior. And we don't take that word lightly. I know a lot of people say, oh, you're my brother, you're my bro. But like in this community, this warrior community, like when we say brother, like we know what that means. Like we've literally gone to war. We've bled, like bled. We've sacrificed. We've made commitments. We've honored our commitments. We've held each other accountable. In the darkest of times, like I know that this man would be there for me and vice versa. In fact, I got this guy doing something fucking crazy. I can't really talk about it, but I text him and you were in, where the hell were you? Like Mexico. Me Mexico City or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Is that where you're, you got family down there or something? Yeah, we got some family down there, so we're on vacation. Oh, nice. And so I, I text him like, dude, you got to block out these dates on your calendar. And I loved your response. What'd you say? I'm all in, dude. I'll, whatever the, you need, I'm there. Actually, your exact quote was, I don't know what the fuck we're doing, but I'll, <laughs> I'll follow you to death. And I'm like, my there, man. There you go. But that, that, that's what we mean. And, and Garrett is not a man that like uses those words lightly because he's going to get into his background here in a minute. You, he is a certified warrior trainer. So he knows, or he's been studying this curriculum 
and he's indoctrinated himself into this movement so he can go help liberate other men and women. And I myself, Next 90 Nation, and now a certified warrior trainer. Yes, we can give it up. We can give that it up. That deserves that. a round of applause. It's right been there. a long time in the, in the making for me. But, so, but Garrett wasn't always a certified trainer. And uh, he was, this wasn't always his passion. So why don't you give us a little background on how you arrived here? So uh, I arrived here kind of a different route. Um, so uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in a small little border town. Uh, it's called Nogales. Uh, population, not so many. Um, <laughs> and there's really not any future there. And so most of the people in that town, as soon as they graduate high school, they leave, which is exactly what I did. Uh, but I didn't really know what it was that I was doing or how it was that I was going to do it. Uh, fast forward a few years, um, the opportunity presented itself to become a police officer. Now, um, I don't take this lightly because uh, I wasn't the child that grew up saying, oh, I want to be a cop. I didn't used to play cops and robbers or anything like that. But what I had was a situation where uh, in eighth grade, my soccer coach, who was my best friend's dad, was a uh, sergeant in the local police department. He was working one night, uh, pulled over a car. Um, the guy ran, he chased him, and then uh, he was actually shot and killed that night. No way. Yeah, and uh, in eighth grade, imagine when you're in eighth grade, the only thing you're thinking about is uh, picking up chicks and learning how to shave. So, <laughs> If you're that lucky. If you're that lucky, I was. But uh, I remember when I heard the news, I didn't understand. I didn't comprehend why bad people would want to do something to good people. Right. Didn't understand it. And I remember going to his funeral. He's in full uniform or pa walking past the open casket and trying to comprehend, trying to understand. Didn't make any sense. So... Fast forward, 9-11. Um, 9-11 happened, and I remember sitting on the bed with my one-month-old son, and I'm watching the towers fall, and it was surreal, somber. I don't think anybody will ever forget where they were. I can tell you exactly where I was. It's crazy. Yeah, 9-11. Nobody will ever forget that. And uh, I remember turning to my wife and telling her, I'm going to join the military. And uh, she sat there and, for a second. And what, and what were you doing at this time? Um, I was going to school. Okay. I was a college student. Wow, and so you're just like, I'm... Fuck it, I'm going in. I'm going in. And uh, she turned to me and she said, cool, uh, but you're going to come back divorced. I was like, whew, <laughs> maybe that's not something that We're I want to do. We're going to rethink this mission. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was having a conversation with a neighbor across the street. He's like, hey, I'm testing to be a police officer. And then all of a sudden it all made sense. Like, maybe that's what I need to be doing. So I jumped all in and uh, I was a police officer. But uh, here's the problem. I really, really, really didn't know who I was. Mm. Even so, even inside that journey, even. so because I mean the the police community is a brotherhood, right? Absolutely, I mean, it has it has to be. Like I mean, you guys are are literally watching each other's back and making sure that you go home to your family and vice versa. He or she that you're serving with. So even inside that kind of community and brotherhood, you weren't able to find out who you were. No, no. See, here's the thing, um, and I know most of your of your listening audience understands this is if you don't know who you are. A group will never help you identify who that is. Can you say that again, please? If you do not know who you are, a group will never help you figure out who and that so is. And so many people go seeking like externally to find out who they are, right? Exactly. Where are the answers? Well, the answers are inside. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? Exactly. And I did not know that. And so I went searching. And so uh, I started and they said, you can't be this. You can't be the, the best patrol officer. I was like, Fuck you, I'm going to. And so I put my head down and went to work. You can't do this, so I'm going to go do this. And so I kept like digging, trying to be this person that I really wasn't. Mm. And the problem was is that during that process, I wasn't taking care of the stuff that I needed to take care of in my personal life. 
Like it started to consume me. So where I should have been focusing on becoming a better husband or becoming a better father or becoming closer to God, I was literally leaving all that stuff behind. To become a better police officer. To become what I thought would bring me happiness, right. which was a better police officer. And all I kept doing was wearing myself out and then going home and really having nothing there. But you weren't just a police officer. So, I mean, I know the story, so I got to bring the audience into the fold here. You were like an elite fucking police officer. So they told you you couldn't be the best patrol cop. You became yeah, the I best was, patrol cop. I and did. then you started rising the ranks, right? <clears throat> and you did kind of all walks of life in the, the police department, didn't you? I did, I did. And uh, most people, when they watch TV and they see a police officer, they think that's it. Uh, but it's actually, uh, it's it's a multifaceted world. So. I was uh, blessed with the opportunity to work with the gang unit. I was blessed with the opportunity to work on SWAT. I was blessed with the opportunity to work undercover. I was blessed with the opportunity to work organized crime. Uh, and in fact, I was supervised. Like you, you, you say blessed to work, to have the opportunity. It's like, I, I was blessed to put my life at risk here, blessed to put my life at risk here. I mean, that's like gnarly shit, right? I mean, Arizona is like, it's not all Scottsdale. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not all Scottsdale and champagne glasses, right? You're right. You're right. But see, the, this is what I was chasing. I was chasing something that I didn't even know what it was at the time. And so ignoring what really needed to be done, chasing something exterior that I never, I was never going to find. So what was happening? So you're, you're out protecting other families. You're out protecting and serving. Like that's literally the model, right? To protect and to preserve, to, to protect and to serve. What's happening with your family? So uh, here's, here's the thing that, that was happening is... At one point, at one point, I was more willing to run into a building where there's gunfire to save an innocent victim that you didn't know, that I had no idea who they were, than I would to go home and talk to my wife about my feelings. Wow. I would run towards gunfire and away from my family. Run towards gunfire, away from like verbal fire. Verbal fiber, verbal, verbal collision. You would collide with any man, gangs, drugs, whatever. You would kick down a fucking door, right? Literally, to, you would breach a door, but you weren't willing to breach what was happening inside your home. Exactly. And what was the, what was the result of that? See, the result, uh, it, it really, like, I try and put this into words, but it was the emptiness and the hollowness of who I was because my wife and my children were begging me. They were begging me to be the man. They were begging me to show up and I wasn't. But, but uh, to, many, to many people outside looking in, you were the man, you know? Like you were rising in the ranks in this elite, you know, police officer force becoming SWAT. I mean, you don't do that shit by not being a man. You're, you're in physical shape and I imagine you were then. And so on the outside, you're probably like, I am the fucking man. Like, look what I'm doing. I'm protecting all these families, but you were forsaking the one that was probably the most important. Exactly. How long did this, did this go on for? So it got to the point where about 12 years in, um, I kept or I should say I I'd started to see my family as the problem. Mm. My family is the problem. I'm not connected. My family is a problem. I'm not happy. My family is a problem. I'm not getting fulfilled. That's like the, the old deflection game, right? You like you were literally putting on your body armor. Absolutely. And impenetrable, like to the facts and the realities of your life. So was it like, was it just like something that clicked overnight or, or did you just, was it for me? I know like when I go to these dark places, right. And I know that when I have been my, my, at my worst, worst, my pit, as we like to call it here, um, it was like death by a thousand, 
bad decisions, death by a thousand missed conversations, death by a thousand broken promises and, and misguided expectations. Like, was it like all of a sudden that once you found yourself there or was it like you were actually slowly but surely creating your own prison? That's exactly what I did is I literally was putting my own handcuffs on. I was literally walking into my own jailed cell and locking my own door. And not letting anybody in. Nobody. I mean, because in, in, your, in your line of work, or, your, or we'll get there, your previous line of work, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, like, you can't feel, right? You're taught not to feel. I mean, most men, um, by the way, most fucking men listening to this are taught not to feel. And that's the problem. The greatest weapon that you had, like in your holster, you know, in your war chest was your vulnerability. But it was the only one you didn't know how to fire. How that's do I know? Because that's me. And it was, well, it's not me now, but it was me. Like, no one's fucking penetrating me. I, I had like goddamn Kevlar around my heart. So 12 years in, like, what's going on? So 12 years in, I had just been promoted to sergeant, which should have been a joyous, momentous occasion. And uh, How hard was that to get to sergeant? It, it was a hard-ass process. So it, it takes about four months of testing, uh, and you got to go through different scenarios, different uh, boards, different uh, practices, and then they have to approve you. Mm. So here I was being promoted to sergeant, and I, I look at the pictures that were taken that day, and although my wife was standing next to me, that was probably one of the days that we were the furthest apart. Really? So outside world, and like, I want you guys to listen to this, okay? Sound a little familiar. Like, and, and this time, you know, was there Instagram, Facebook things going on like that? There were some. Okay. But so, not. but like, so imagine what happens in our world today. Everybody looks at us. Everybody's like, wow, that guy, that gal, they got it going on. And this man is protecting and serving literally inside a prison, a prison of freaking lies, a prison of, of shame and guilt, a prison of hiding, and nobody knows. And he's standing there at this moment that's supposed to be probably the pinnacle for what he thought he wanted, what he thought he wanted, becoming a sergeant. His wife is standing there, and you guys were probably inches apart yeah, in proximity. But where were you, like, emotionally? Miles. Miles away. And so this is what fucking happens. This is what fucking happens when people don't open their mouth and speak and use... They pull in, they go into their heart, they take this gun called vulnerability and they fire it and it sets you free. It's not like Derek was lying, like doing this and doing that. He was just lying because he wasn't exposing his feelings. He wasn't exposing his feelings. Exactly. I was shooting blanks. Yeah. That's exactly what I was doing. I mean, so, so you're, you're at Sergeant, you're, at, you're, you're, you're right there for, uh, for Sergeant, you're standing next to your wife. What happens? I mean, are you like... Fuck this, or what? I mean, what was the, what was the aha moment? Because well, you know, I got to go a little deeper before I go. Oh, aha. oh all right, it, shit. It, like, take it, it goes deeper. Okay, people, like, like I said, you got to strap in. Stand, stand by, like, there's and, no sugar and, and by the way, how many people is this happening for out there right now in your community or your, oh, your previous community? It's all over the place. The divorce rate amongst police officers is well above fifty percent. Yeah, and it's not because the job is hard, and it's not because they're not good men, right, no. or women. Yeah, Garrett, Garrett was on the fucking front lines of this shit for years. Uh, just to put it in context, how many years did you serve? 15. 15 years. 
Like, I don't think I've done anything for 15 years, even being 15. Like, I, I mean, I, like, I, I, I don't think I've strung anything together for that long. That's a, that's a shitload of time. When you look at the, how many times you've been on, on, how many years you've been on earth, how many years you've been adult, that's like the vast majority of your adult life. Yeah. So let's go deep. So uh, within two months of that happening, um, I had cheated on my wife. I'd started drinking and abusing prescription drugs. Mind okay. you, on the outside, it still looked like everything was hunky dory. <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 laughing, but not like a, a laugh like ha ha funny. I'm laughing how this this man and I, I just want to like hammer this point home. Could not even talk. Couldn't open up. Was in his own fucking prison. He doesn't even know you fuckers in the next ninety nation, and he just dropped so much truth in about thirty seconds about cheating on his wife abusing prescription drugs, drinking, Cause, because he's free now. And we're going to get to that process of being free. Like when you tell the truth and you let out your vulnerability and you're willing to share your shame and your guilt with the, your loved ones or the world, like you're the most lethal man or woman in the entire fucking world. He just dropped that shit right here. We have over 2,000 people a day that listen to the 60,000 downloads a month. And a man that could not even open up his mouth just gave you guys the greatest gift, but it's only a gift if you can actually see it and receive it. So that's why I wanted to just stop on that. So I, I appreciate that, man. And I know we're going to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so here's the thing I found, this is where I found myself. I found myself working to avoid my family at that point. I found myself one night telling my wife I was done. Like it's over. Does your wife, did your wife know about the No, the she has no idea about the affair. She has no idea about the alcohol. She has no idea about the drugs. Is she just holding on for dear life? Or She's what? I mean, what is she on. doing? Like literally begging me to wake up. And I remember the night that I grabbed a suitcase to leave and I said, I'm done. She grabbed her fist and she started banging against my chest. Where are you? And I looked at her just cold, emotionless and turned and walked out. Really? And you've got three kids at this point. I got three kids who are in the back crying because dad's leaving. And they crying. have no, no clue. What are the ages then? Oh, uh, they were 12, 10, and 9, or 8, something like wow. that. Wow. That's heavy. Like at the point where dad needs to be there, like things are starting to happen. Yeah, they're emotionally starting to shift. Like puberty's happening. Like there's formative shit happening. This is the time where dad needs to be protecting and fucking serving the family. And I was abandoning them. Wow. Abandoning them. And so for four or five months, I lived with a friend in his spare bedroom, but really I just basically slept in my truck at work. I would bury myself working 10, 20 hours a day and then wake up and do it again. And, and when, were, you, were you drinking and like, like popping pills during that process or oh yeah. was it like during the off times and stuff it, like that? It was that? during the off time, but there's always carryover. Yeah. Always, like you can't tell me that you drink or pop pills and, <laughs> and it doesn't affect you the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. So lot. now, so now, now you're not protecting and serving your family. You're not protecting and serving yourself. And it, arguably you're not protecting and serving the community that you swore you would protect and serve. Yeah. So the very thing that you set out to do is now destroying you. Exactly. Like, does this sound familiar to anybody out there that's hurting right now? Does this sound familiar that the very thing that you thought was going to bring you happiness, the very thing that you thought was going to just open up the world to you is your own fucking prison? Like, it's, it's, it's the most darkest pain you can ever experience. How do I know that? Because I've been there. 
but I also know what's on the other side of this. What in this story, Garrett wouldn't be sitting here. He wouldn't be sitting here if there wasn't something fucking different, this contrary action that he took. So you're in your car, abusing pills, abusing alcohol, like, you know, completely disconnected from your family. How long does this go on? This probably went on for five or six months. And, and it's probably seemed like an eternity, right? Oh, yeah. A lifetime. And one night I was, I was sitting with the seat reclined because I had to be back to work in four hours. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit here. And, and I'm staring at the top of the, car, the parking garage, the concrete parking garage. And I'm sitting there like, how in the hell did I end up where I am right now? Alone, broken, afraid. Like, there was nothing. And I was thinking, is it all worth it? Like, why am I still here? Why am I still living? And as I'm sitting there, this voice comes to me. It's not a loud voice, but the voice basically said, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? See, because I already knew what needed to happen. At that point, I knew that the path that I was on was going to destroy me. Like you knew you were on a collision course. Collision course with, course with death. Isn't that fucking ironic how we know, like we know exactly like what we're doing and exactly what we need to do, but we're like unwilling. We're like paralyzed in this shit, this prison, you know? Yeah. And so what happens? The voice says, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And, and I knew I had to go back. Like I, I knew there was another path. I knew there was a way out. I didn't know where it was. But at that moment, I determined, or I was determined that I was going to find this path. And so I went back home and I apologized to my wife and I told her everything that happened. And like, listen, this isn't like Hollywood. This isn't like on TV. It's not like she's like, oh, well, that's okay. I forgive you. We'll work through this. Yeah. It's a, I love you. No, bullshit. Like you're a piece of shit, dude. Yeah. The next three years like, of so my you, life. You just come home and just like drop the bombs on her? I no, it wasn't an initial. Like I came home and I was like, "Hey, let's work this out." But like, still resisting the voice, still resisting what I knew needed to happen. And so, like, we would sleep on the bed. She would sleep under the covers. I would sleep above the covers, mm -hmm. sitting there with my arms crossed, cold. And this is after you come home. After I've come home, because I was still fighting. Mm -hmm. I still wouldn't submit. So, what was the submission point? The submission point was her telling me that either you're going to continue to work down this path of us making this work or we're done. And again, I realized that I, what was I waiting for? Like, this is it. This is my only opportunity to make this work. Otherwise, it was all gone. All of it. My house, my pension, cars, everything I ever had that I'd built up that I thought was important was gone. But the most important thing was my family. Right. Gone. I always say like, what you really have what you really, really have in this world is when you strip away all that bullshit. The pension, yeah, it's great, don't mean shit. Like the career, the accolades, all that stuff. Like when you strip that away and you just look at your children and you look at your wife and that relationship that you have there and what they say about you and then what your kind of, that next ring is, is like extended family and friends and the next ring, like that's what you fucking have. Like all this other stuff is like a measuring stick to like the value and the connection that you truly have inside what's most important. Right. So when was the surrendering point? 
So that was basically the surrendering point. Like I knew, I knew I had to come clean in order for me to start working to get something better. And when I came clean, it's not like things got better. Like they got worse. So you just came clean with everything. I came clean. And how did what what impact did that have on your wife? It was it was like I dropped a bomb on her. She had no idea. She had. Well, here's the thing about women. They know. They know. They know. They just don't want to know. Why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. I knew. I'm like, fuck. And it got worse because I was a liar. Right. Here I was in a, in, in a profession where I'm taught to extract Res- the truth. Respect, dignity, yep. integrity. I yeah. mean. And I was a liar. But when, when that came out of you, when that came out of you, like when, that, when, you, when you kind of verbally vomited out all this stuff, like how did you feel? Even though, even though I probably ripped your poor wife to shreds, like how did you feel? It was liberating. Like, that's the only word I can use. And people say backpack, weight lifted, whatever. Like, it was liberating. I can't even explain what the feeling was just to let it out. Like, the truth. For once, the truth. Because I hadn't told the truth to her for years. Years. And yes, she was crying. And yes, she was mad. And yet, but I was finally liberated. So once you free yourself, then you create space for healing to begin. When you get this thing that you've been holding on to, this thing inside that's eating you away, that's slowly but surely just rotting you from the inside out. It takes a long time for the outside to see it. Sometimes they never do. But when you get it out, it's like literally extracting cancer out of your body. It allows the body to start to repair and the mind and the soul to begin to heal. So... You obviously landed somewhere on this journey in the Wake Up Warrior process. Right. And Wake Up Warrior, pro- Wake Up Warrior was built for men like Garrett. Get Wake Up Warrior was literally almost that same story, not in the, not in the uh, police and service world, but in the business world. It doesn't fucking matter what world it is because it's the world that turns around us, people. This is happening. There are so many Garretts out there right now, and there's so many... Garrett, Garrett's wives out there. There's so many wives that are cheating on their husbands. There's some of you motherfuckers that are listening right now. Right now. You know who you are. This is speaking volumes to you because you've got something inside of you right now that's eating away at you and you are never going to be free until you liberate yourself from those lies and you start telling the truth. And so Wake Up Warrior was built for men like me and, and Garrett who, who you know, I wasn't, at, I wasn't at that point, you know, with my wife, but that's where shit probably would have headed if I, if I didn't start changing shit in my life. And so I found this video and it took me to Warrior Week. And here we are three years later, like this podcast and me giving this message is, is my gift to give away because of the gift I got. So how did you go from there? <laughs> I mean, cause this is like pretty low. I'm sure everybody that's listening is like, what the fuck, man? Where's the turning point? Yeah. You know, like, so how did you go from there to like the man that I know? Cause I don't know that guy. Yeah. I, I don't even know that guy. If he walked in this room, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even recognize him. So it was a journey. Like, I can't even say anything other than it was a journey. Like, I was searching for the thing. I knew there was something out there. I just didn't know where it was. So I tried different events. We tried marriage counseling. We tried Landmark. We tried this. We tried that. We tried all these things, but nothing, absolutely nothing would get me to where I wanted to go. It just back to where I was before, which was still a liar, still a cheat. Still hurting. Still hurting. Still imprisoned. So then what happened? So I came across a video. And here's the funny thing. Like the video, I was only two minutes in. I was like, 
This, this is, is it. it. Because you were searching. You were you were a hunter. You were you were smelling the the the, the trail. You were picking up the scent. And when you found it, it locked on. Because when you become aware, and all of us are in a certain way, like when we become aware and you, you, you created the capacity for the truth to enter you because you got the lies out, like when the truth came, it just like was a crescendo inside your body. So you found the video and then what? I found the video and, and the process, this entire process to get to where I am today was the voice repeating the same phrase. So I signed up for a call. And Sam, have you introduced Sam to your audience? Uh, he hasn't been on the introduce yet. Right. He will. Let's just say there's, there's, we'll call him the terrifying terrorist. He's not a terrorist. <laughs> he's, he's the telephone terrorist. The man. telephone terrorist. But uh, a man with probably the biggest heart that I've ever met. Agreed. He uh, texted me within five minutes of filling out my application because I'd set it up for the following week. <laughs> and he texts me and says, What are you waiting for? No way. Exact phrase. No fucking way. Yeah. And I was so like, people, I was once told that coincidence is God's way of being discreet. And I don't care if you believe in God or the universe or whatever, but there is no coincidences in life. There is no coincidence that you're listening to these very words come from this man's heart to his mouth, to your ears. So listen, he said the voice came to him and we all have this voice that guides us, this internal compass. And it said, what are you waiting for? How many years before this was that? Uh, probably a year and a half. And then now... He, he finds the thing. He gets the lies out. He allows the truth to come in. He fills out an application and the response back from another human being says, what are you waiting for? And it's true. Like literally we had our phone call later that afternoon and that started the process. And you signed up? Signed up. And it's not cheap. No. I mean, you, I'm sure as a police officer, you're making pretty good wage, especially all the overtime you were fucking doing. Yeah. But uh, it's not cheap, but like, did it matter the price? No, at that point, what was, I tried. What, what was more expensive? More expensive would have been me going down the path that I was or currently on. the path you'd already been on. Yeah. I'm not talking about a monetary price. No. Like, think about the price that your life took up until that point. Yeah. Up until it took the point to have the courage to say, what are you waiting for and making a change? Taking that action. Yeah. So, you go to Warrior Week. I actually started with Warrior X. Oh, you started with Warrior X, okay. Warrior X. And which the, Warrior X is that doesn't matter. It, it's like it's just taking all the shit from Warrior Week and condensing it into like twenty seven brutal hours. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's no different, right? It was two and a half days, and uh, from that point on, like, like I knew this was my path. Now I kept fighting it, but I knew it was my path. And then uh, the next event happened, and the offer was made for becoming a certified trainer. Now I had zero desire to do that. Like I was comfortable in my career. I right. could retire in five years with a guaranteed pension, guaranteed health insurance. I could have all these things to be comfortable. Com and life comfortable. Life was good. Good. He's doing air quotes right now. Those air are good air quotes. Air quotes. Yeah. yeah. Can't see. Um, so y the next step is certified trainer, which means <laughs> like you feel so compelled that this thing, this movement, this this doctrine, so to speak, this code of ethics, this belief system, whatever you want to call it, like has liberated you on such a massive level that you want to like, this is what you want to do. You want to, in, you want to go deep. It's like getting a master's degree in like this <laughs> human injury and, and being able to see through people's shit, go in, shake their soul, wake them up and, and put them on the path to becoming their own guru. And so, but it's no small undertaking. I know because I just got my certification last night. It was a beautiful moment. I mean, you, you watch me on that yeah. stage, man. So liberating, and, and my journey was very much about surrendering and liberation. 
So you're a police officer. Not like you did not think this was the path you were going to take no, in life. I have no So they thought. make the offer and say, Garrett, do you want to become a certified trainer of this? Yep. And you say, and what does the voice say? Well, I said no. <laughs> I literally said no and went home. Because it's not cheap and it's a huge undertaking of time yeah. and energy. It's like, no. So I'm sitting in my house and Garrett uh, goes live and has a video and I'm watching this video. Other Garrett, Garrett J. White, the founder of Wake Up Warrior. Yes. And during this video... He basically is yelling at everyone and saying, fuck you, I don't need you. And at that moment, I knew exactly what I needed to do because the voice said, what are you waiting for? Exactly. I'm the voice now. Yeah. You're a great voice. Thank you. And so I jumped in. I didn't know where I was going with it. I didn't know what it meant, but that's where I jumped in. And then we come to Warrior Week and the week after Warrior Week, and we're sitting there in a room with Garrett and we're mapping out what the future looks like for me. And we mapped it out. Which, which the future is what at this point? The future, I had no idea what it was. No, 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 but I'm saying like, what's the future you mapped out? Like you're a 15 year vet of, of, of the PD. You know, you've, you've got, you're a sergeant, like you got a pension, you're five years away from retiring and living very comfortably for the rest of your life. When the voice said, what are you waiting for? What did you do? Jumped. Like that was it. Like we, we didn't even say anything. We looked at each other and I knew the decision that had to be made. And so two weeks later, mind you, I went home. Two weeks later, I turned in my resignation. You resigned two weeks later. I resigned. From a, a career of 15 years. 15 years. Because it was exactly that, what? A career. Exactly. Not what you've been called to do. No. Merely prep like, work. How would you have felt knowing that you've gotten this gift, knowing that you got this gift of liberation, this toolkit, and there were other men just like you hurting and you weren't giving it away what how would that make you feel it destroy me like i see it daily i see it i feel the pain of these men because i know exactly what they're going through because i went through it yeah and so he ends up leaving everything like you had to walk away from a decent chunk of money too right yeah yeah several tens of the hundreds of thousands of dollars that he had built up that he had to walk away from and that's the thing is like when you know like when you know in your heart of hearts that something is right and that like this voice that he's talking about and speaking to you and telling you to go or whatever it's telling, calling you to do, it doesn't matter the price. Like the price matters not because there will be a greater price that's paid if you do not answer that call. And so Garrett went on a mission. He was actually one of the fastest men inside this movement to become certified. I remember sitting at WarriorCon 2 mm. In December of 17, I had all the, the same opportunities you did. Uh, you had all the same time. In fact, I probably had a lot more resources because I have a full team. You just had you. And I was watching Garrett get certified going, what are you waiting for? Hmm. Mine was like, are you ready to surrender? That was what, was what was being spoken to me. And it would take me several months and several more pain and a lot more pain and a lot more fuck-ups to finally surrender. How is your life now? How is your life now that you've surrendered, you've submitted, and you live by this code, which means to tell the truth, you practice the core four, you live these 90-day challenges, and you're out there broadcasting and teaching this. How is your life now? I'll tell you that my life is unrecognizable. Like, the conversations that I have with my wife and my children are on a different level. Like, I'm going to share something with you that not a lot of people know. So my daughter is 15 now. And she is the epitome of the perfect child. And I know many of you have that perfect child. 
she's straight A student. She doesn't need to be told to get up in the morning. She doesn't need to be told to go to bed, brush her teeth. Like everything is perfect. My daughter comes to me at the beginning of her freshman year, crying her eyes out. And she tells me, Dad, I don't know where these voices are coming from, but I want to hurt myself. 15 years old, the perfect kid. And I was floored. What do I do? What do I do? I started to panic. And then I realized that I had the tools because I'd done the work, because I'd submitted to this process, because I'd put this, this thing greater than me in front of me. I had tools that I was able to sit down on her bed with her while she cried and have a simple conversation with her and guide her through the process to where she understood even though she had these voices, this was not who she was. Yeah, and it's probably not what she really wanted. It wasn't. Dude, that's heavy, but it's also like very inspiring. I could, I was watching the emotion, you know, start to come back, but I also watched that emotion be tamed by this confidence and certainty that you have. And so, like, Garrett made big moves. Like, he left everything, and he's liberating these men, and in many ways, he liberated me. Watching you do that shit, I'm like, like what am I waiting for? You know, and so last night <laughs> I got my certification. Yeah. I got my liberation because uh, I surrendered, you know, and like now, I mean, when I've, when I've surrendered like the last 90 days, ironically, things have opened up for me in a massive way. I mean, you've seen this, you know, and now you and I are going to go do some cool shit together oh, yes. as a oh, result, yes. right? Yeah. And so nothing happens by coincidence. This podcast that we're having right now, it doesn't happen by, by coincidence. Like we are, Garrett and I are about to go liberate some men. You guys actually know one of them, Mr. A- Mr. X. We're going to liberate him. And he's not like in, in the shitstorm that Garrett was in, but he's in his own shitstorm. And it doesn't matter how big or small it is. It's still a fucking shitstorm and it's yours. So it's not any bigger or less than, than mine or his. And so, dude, that's freaking massive. And now you got, you got a coaching program, right? Yeah. Like you've got your own podcast. What's your podcast called? Awaken the Guardian. Awaken the Guardian. What are you waiting for? Awaken the Guardian. So found in iTunes, found in the Warrior Empire. Like if you type in Warrior Empire, you'll find my podcast. You'll find Garrett White's podcast, Garrett Bake, who's speaking right now, his podcast. You'll find all of us men who are broadcasting this message because we, we want the medium to reach as many ears and souls and hearts as possible. So what is the, uh, what is the next 90 look like for you? I, I'm glad you asked that because literally this morning is when the next 90 came. And what the next 90 for me is a recommitment to the basics. Mm. Like literally the only thing that matters is doing the basics on a daily basis. And which is what? Which is you wake up in the morning, you do, you your, do your core four, four and you do your step. <laughs> yep. It allows you to focus back on what really matters. Yep. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, man. I appreciate you being, being my brother. I appreciate like, you learning how to use this goddamn powerful weapon you have called vulnerability. You're a freaking like, sniper rifle with that thing now. And I've seen the growth in you, and I've seen like, how much you as a man are changing other men's lives, including the man that you're talking to right now. So, dude, I love, honor, and appreciate you, bro. And uh, I can't wait for us to get up and go what we got, do what we got to do for Mr. X, Mr. Y, and Mr. Z and help them unlock their own prison. Absolutely. So what would you say to anybody listening right now that's living in a world of lies, that that's, doesn't believe in this core four and these 90-day challenges? What would you say to them? It's real simple. One, you're not alone. 
Like, you're not. We're all over the place. Men, women, children, they're all hurting. You're not alone. But what you've been given is a gift. What Nick has given you is a gift. And that's the ability to escape your own prison. Like he's given you the keys. The only question that I have for you is, what are you waiting for? Dude, we can't even end on any other note than that. So my friends, you know the website, ownthenext90.com, ownthenext90.com. Head over there. Own, or download the Gap app. It's literally the blueprint to get out of prison. And I just got one question for you before we go. What are you waiting for? We're out. <laughs>